Welcome to the Grace Baptist Church podcast, and thanks for joining us for this episode. Before we begin, please take a moment to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoy this content, please don't hesitate to leave us a five-star review and share this podcast with your friends. We'd like to extend an invitation to you and your family to join us for worship this week at Grace Baptist Church. We'd also love to connect with you online at gracekettering.org. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy the episode. John 10 and verse number 10 is where we want to be tonight. John 10 and verse number 10. I'm going to read this and bring a message entitled, Plans for Your Life. Plans for Your Life. John 10 and verse number 10. The Bible says this. It is in red letters there. Jesus has declared some things about himself. But he says in verse number 9, let's take it up there. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. He's going to find nourishment there. He's going to find a place of, of rest. But verse number 10 tells us something that's very important. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Would you read that verse out loud with me and let's grab a hold of what Jesus has said to us. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Let's bow and pray for a moment. Our Father, tonight... We are thankful that in front of us is the, the living word. It is, has the power to change us, to set us free. It has the power to direct our, our understanding. It has the power to, to divide between joint and marrow. It's a powerful thing, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for this verse that Jesus gave to us, denoting the different plans that are had for our lives. And Lord, I pray that you would receive glory in our lives and in our church. I pray that you would be exalted in this moment, and I pray that you would feed us with living, with your living word, with heavenly manna, I pray, that you would guide us as we uh, just take a moment to look at this. Lord, help us meet every need that's represented here this evening. I pray that you bless every person that's here. Lord, bless them richly. Bless them with might in the inner man. Give them strength. Uh, give them your love and give them your heart. I pray that you bless their families. Lord, help us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. I want us to realize that there are, right in front of us, two sets of plans for our lives. It's not hard to divide this verse in half. Jesus gives it to those that he is speaking to, and he says, hey, uh, the thief has a plan, and I have a plan, and I want you to know about that. Jesus wants us to know that there are these plans, and they're 100% different. There's no comparison at all. Even as you read verse number 10, there's no comparison between the two verses. It's, it's only on contrast. There's no comparison at all. The Bible tells us in John 17 and verse number 17, thy word is truth. Thy word is truth. Let's say that together. Thy word is truth. Now he said, sanctify them through thy word. Thy word is truth. It is what is going to set us apart. It's what's going to help us. It is what is going to give us guidance in the, the days ahead. It is what is going to give us light for our journey. 
thy word is truth. And if that is the case, and it is, these words that Jesus has given to us is absolutely true that there are two plans for your life and for mine. Every person here, every person that's represented here, every person that we are connected to, every person, Satan and Jesus, has a plan for our lives. They're very, very real plans. And I want us to look at this for a moment tonight. Excuse me while I just grab a drink. I want us to first see Satan's plan for a life. Yes, Satan has a plan for a life. Do you remember back to Job? Do you remember back when the, the sons of God or the, um, the servants of God had all gathered together and Satan, I don't understand how that works, but Satan shows up and he, he stands before God and he goes, have, uh, uh, have, you, thought about this? Uh, have you thought about this man Job? And, 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 and God actually asked him, have you, have you considered my servant Job? And yeah, I've, I've considered him. And you know what I think about him, God? I think that if you took everything he has away from him, he would curse you and he would he'd be done with you. The only reason he serves you is because you you bless him. And on that day, we see that Satan very much described a plan before our Heavenly Father towards one of God's children, Job. And it's pretty amazing to think of the power that Satan has. I'm certainly thankful that God has greater power, aren't you? Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Now, Satan here, uh, similar to uh, in, in Job's life, Satan has a plan for your life, and that is, first of all, to steal your life. To steal your life. You say, not my life. Yes, to steal your life. To criminally take and, uh, and, and, and remove the potential of your life. Satan desires that more than anything. You say, well, I'm a believer and I've, I've been following after Jesus Christ. Satan still desires to rob you of your potential. Now, certainly, we can look at a lost man and say Satan wants to rob them of an eternity of reconciliation with the Heavenly Father. That is true. But Satan also wants to rob you as a follower of God, of your potential, your eternal potential in this world. Satan will slowly rob you of life, leaving you at the end of your life wondering, what happened? Where did it all go? Now, some of you are, as we say, mature, right? Uh, you're, you're in those mature years of life, okay? And y- you can sometimes look back and say, it went so very quick. Sometimes people will tell me uh, with our children, make sure that you, you enjoy the time, cherish the moments. Why? Because it goes so very, very quick. I, don't, I can't believe I have a 13-year-old and a 12-year-old. My daughter turned 12 years old th- this, uh, this week, and that's, that's pretty amazing. Life goes by very, very quickly, and Satan wants to slowly leak out your life, rob you of your life, so that at the end of your life, you're like, what did I accomplish? Uh, there have been times I've uh, communicated, with people, communicated with people, and they, they might say something like this, at the end of their lives or towards the final season of their life, I just don't know why God has me here. I don't know what my purpose in life has been. That is Satan getting his plan into a person's life especially into a believer's life, when they get to the end of their life and they're like, I don't understand what, why I was here. Uh, what was my purpose that God had for me? He does this, Satan does this through empty deceits. More possession will bring more happiness. More money will solve all of my family's problems. Absolute truth is your perspective. That's, that's what truth is. It's not, there isn't an absolute truth. It's just your perspective that makes up truth. You're missing out on all the fun things that the world is getting to enjoy. And you know, he whispers that into the ears and the hearts of believing adults, believing teens and children. He whispers empty deceits, lies. Satan promises the best, as one man said, but pays with the worst. 
Satan promises honor and pays with disgrace. He promises pleasure and pays with pain. He promises profit and pays with loss. He promises life and pays with death every single time. That is Satan, and his plan for the, our lives is very, very real. Uh, there was a time, as one man uh, uh, imagined, this isn't, uh, this isn't a, 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 uh, a gospel um, uh, recording of something that happened in, in, the, uh, the, uh, in the hallways of, uh, of Satan's place. <laughs> he called a worldwide convention, Satan did. In his opening address to his demons, he said, we can't keep Christians from going to church. We can't keep Christians from reading their Bibles and knowing the truth. We can't even keep them from biblical values. But we can do something else. We can keep them from forming an intimate, continual experience with Christ. If they gain that connection with Jesus, our power over them is broken. So let them go to church. Let them have their Christian lifestyles, but steal their time so that they can't gain that experience with Jesus Christ. This is what I want you to do. Distract them from gaining hold of their Savior and maintaining that vital connection throughout the day. The demons asked, how shall we do this? Keep them busy with the non-essentials of life. And then invest unnumbered schemes to occupy their mind. He, he answered, tempt them with... Uh, to spend and spend and spend and then borrow and borrow and borrow and convince them working six or seven days a week, 10 or 12 hours a day uh, so that they can afford their lifestyle. Keep them from spending time with their children. As their families fragment, soon their homes will offer no escape from the pressures of work. Overstimulate their minds so they cannot hear the still small voice. Entice them to play the radio and the three player and, and, and Apple Music and, and so on to keep their TV going and the DVD player going and, and Roku and Netflix and Hulu and all the other things anymore. Fill their coffee tables with magazines and newspapers. Pound their minds with news 24 hours a day. Invade their driving moments with billboards. Flood their mailboxes and their email inboxes with junk and sweepstakes and every kind of newsletter and promotion. Even in their recreation, let them be excessive. Have them return from their holidays exhausted, disquieted, and unprepared for the coming week. And when they gather for spiritual fellowship, involve them in gossip and small talk so that they leave with their souls unfulfilled. Let them be involved in evangelism, but crowd their lives with so many good causes that they have no time to, be, to walk with Christ, to learn from Him, and to seek His power to do His will. Soon they will be working in their own strength, sacrificing their health and family unity for the good of the cause. It was quite a convention. And the demons went eagerly to their assignments. And you know, Satan is still doing that exact same thing today. Keeping us from that vital connection with Jesus Christ. And friends, how I cannot underscore, Satan wants to rob you he wants to make you to spend your life pursuing things that really will not matter in eternity. When you get to heaven, when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. But what a day it will be when we look back and realize there were so many pursuits and so many issues and so many things that we got caught up in that really did not matter in eternity. The only thing that we can take into eternity is souls. He wants to steal But he wants to kill you. Yes, kill you. The literal word definition here is to butcher 
to butcher. I heard this week that Dayton was the home place, and I did not realize that until this week, the home place where they came up with the idea of partial birth abortion. To butcher. Wicked. Satan absolutely wants to butcher our lives. Now, he might not take your life before it's time, but his idea is just to chop up and, and make a mess, havoc upon your life. He is a nicely dressed serial killer. The Bible tells us in 1 Peter 5 and verse number 8, be sober, be vigilant. If you know it, say it with me. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. 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 You know he wants to devour you? He wants to totally mess up your life. Satan hates you. You have an enemy. You have an enemy that is constantly lurking and has minions around to help him. Satan wants to kill you. He wants to butcher your life. He wants to destroy you. It goes on to say there in John 10 and verse 10, to, to destroy, to, to literally decimate something. Have you ever looked at a person whose life just fell apart? You're like, well, how did that happen? You ever looked at a believer who's going strong along the way and, and then their life fell apart? How does that happen? Satan wants to destroy our lives. Complete ruin, not just a little ruin. Satan, Satan is someone that wants 100%. He doesn't want 90 on 90%. He wants 100%. He wants a complete ruin of our, of our lives. He does this by convincing the believer, well, you can get away with that sin. It's really not that bad. You can stuff it. You don't have to get that right. Uh, at least you're not as bad as him. If you're as bad as him, then you need to take care of it. But uh, at least you're not as bad as him. Life is all about you and your feelings. It's all about you. It, it revolves about you. Listen, humanism has crept into Christianity in an epic proportion. Humanism is good without God. It, humanism is everything revolves around you. You are the center of your solar system. You are the center of everything. No, we live lives that are to be all towards God. Whatsoever you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, help me out, do all to the glory of God. Again, do all to the glory of God. Everything is to be that way. You are not the center of life. You're not the center of, uh, uh, of what's going on in the world. It is God. It is God. We of him, Romans eleven thirty six. 36, for of him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory, both now and forever. Amen. It's all through him. You're your own master, Satan might say. God's most concerned with your own comfort. God just wants to affirm you. I literally heard a, 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 read a tweet from a preacher that all that God is concerned with is affirming, affirming you. Not, not changing you. He's not in the business of changing you. He just wants to affirm you. No, I got news. Jesus wants to take us from being an, a sinner on our way to hell, redeem us, reconcile us to himself, and change us into his image. Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it till the day of Jesus Christ. That is his plan. And so that is what he desires to do in our lives. Satan desires to, to get you to think it's all about you. And God just wants to make you happy and comfortable and convenient. Just keep you, keep you happy, keep you burped, and, and keep you just not, 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 throwing, a, uh, not throwing a fit. No, that's, that's not our God. Uh, Satan, Satan very much wants us to 
get very centered on ourselves. He wants to destroy your eternal potential. Spurgeon wrote of a tyrant who summoned one of his subjects into his presence and ordered them to make a chain. This blacksmith, uh, that was his occupation, had to go back to his shop and begin to forge this chain link by link. When he was done, he brought it to the, into the presence of the tyrant and was ordered to take it back and make it twice the length. So he took his time, went back to his shop, and began to make the, the chain twice the length. And once he was done, he again brought it into the presence of the tyrant. And uh, again, he was ordered to go back and again double double the, uh, double the length. And so he did. But at that time, the, the tyrant ordered his servants to bind the man hand and foot with a chain that he had made and to bind him into bondage and prison. So a little bit of a picture of what Satan does. Link by link, here's something you need to be caught up in. Here's something you need to be caught up in. Don't get that sin right. And little by little, he, he helps us to forge or tells us to forge the chains of our own bondage. You know, Satan doesn't care if you're bound. Satan doesn't care if you're on your way to heaven and bound. He wants to destroy your life. And that's absolutely his plan for your life. Stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage, Jesus tells us in Galatians 5.1. We are to... We are to seek freedom through Jesus Christ. We are to revel in that freedom, live in that freedom. And, and that's exactly what Jesus Christ came to earth to do. And I, I love this verse in 1 John 3 and verse 8. He that committeth sin is of the devil, for the, the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of Man was manifested that he might destroy, destroy, completely ruin the works of the devil. That's what he wants to do. All these plans that Satan has for you and your life and your family's life, he, Jesus, wants to destroy, and that's why he was manifest. That's why he showed up. That's why he went to the cross. That's why he rose again. And so, let's not just notice G on Satan's plan, but let's notice, let's notice Jesus' plan. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Let's just say that again. It's fun saying it. It's a great plan. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Yes, he wants to give you life. Boy, that sounds like such a breath of fresh air. Life, not death, life, not destruction, life. A state of, of healthiness, of, of happiness. We're not talking about a, a health, wealth, and prosperity uh, gospel. We're talking, he wants you to be spiritually healthy, thriving, following after him. Life, real, eternal life, vitality. Life that is fruitful. Bible says, for the wages of sin is, yep, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Right there, there's the picture. Satan wants death, Jesus wants life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. He wants to give that to us. Jesus loves you so much that he gave his life so that you can have eternal life. He, he loved you that much, and his love was displayed at Calvary. He spread his arms out wide, showing you, I love you. I love you, and I want you to have life. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, and is through his death and his resurrection. He has given us this life. He offers this to us. We accept it by faith, and praise God, we can walk in it. Oh, it's not free. It's not free. 
The Bible says in 1 Peter 2 and verse number 24, who in his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sins should, what? Live. Life. Live under righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed, you were made whole. So he came to give us life. Life um, uh, so that we wouldn't have to experience the sting of death. Now, uh, we, uh, we have a physical death that we don't look forward to, but praise God, he's removed the sting, which is sin from death. There's life beyond the grave. There's life in the presence of, uh, of our Savior forever and ever in heaven. He came to give us uh, eternal life, but he also came to give us abundant life. It says that right there. Uh, he, he wants us to have a life that is not just something that's out in the future. He wants us to have abundant life right now, overflowing life. Life of great quantity, great degree, uh, abundant life. Abundant life. It's a blessed life. It's a blessed life. A life that's blessed in the presence of Christ. Life of no guilt. You know how much guilt weighs people down? How many of you struggle with guilt? Right? Well, honest tonight on that? Christ came to release you from that. It's under the blood. I love this song. It's under the blood. Oh, praise his dear name. There's another one. Nail it to the cross. Let, let it stay there. He already went to the cross for it. He came to release and to, uh, to remove that guilt from our hearts. He came to give us full forgiveness of every single sin. So many times we, we uh, struggle under that and, and think about the past and, 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 and we struggle under that. He came to release us from that. He's forgiven it all. And we need to believe that he did. He came to give us fellowship with our creator. The fellowship that Adam and Eve enjoyed in the cool of the day with their creator is restored in Jesus Christ. And it will one day be restored face to face when we see him. There's no darkened veil between uh, we'll see him face to face and we'll again have that, that full fellowship with him. You looking forward to that? You ready for that? Be okay if Jesus came back tonight? A life of hope and a future. Life of hope. Confident expectation in the future. It's not, it's not like oh man, it's just getting worse and worse and we just kind of continue to you know, sink in the mire of, of despondency. No, a hope and a future. He knows the way through the wilderness. Life of satisfaction and blessings. Life of bearing the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, faith, temperance. Against such there is no law verse that has meant much to me this this week as i've just pondered a verse sometimes i reading along and a verse really uh, sticks in my mind is a verse from romans chapter 15 and verse number 13 maybe it'll bless your heart as well romans chapter 15 and verse number 13 tells us and it's a prayer that paul prayed for the roman believers he prayed now the god of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing as you walk the life of faith, would the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in your Christian journey? That you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. That you may abound in hope. That's the type of abundant life that He wants to give us. 
abounding hope, abounding confident expectation. Oh, I don't know what tomorrow holds, but abounding in expectation in him. Our eyes are fixed on him. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. New. What is that, that abundant life? That abundant life is evidenced in what flows and grows from us. Maybe you'd write this down. The abundant life is evidenced in what flows and grows from us. First of all, it's His Word that would flow from us. Jesus, at the day of the feast, stood up and He decried in, in John 7 and verse number 38, He that believeth on Me, as the Scripture saith, out of His belly shall flow rivers of living water. Life. His life. The words of life. The wonderful, wonderful words of life. What would flow from those that have this abundant life is His Word. Here it is. It's life-giving. It's edifying. It builds up. It strengthens His Word. What grows from the life of a, the abundant life is His fruit, as I've already mentioned. And that is the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. Friends, Jesus wants you to have abundant life, and you don't have to be someone or be saved a certain amount of period of time in order to have abundant life. Every single one of us can walk in abundance of the life. We can walk in that newness of life. What do we say when we baptize someone uh, uh, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit? Buried in the likeness of his death, raised to walk in. Person, this is about having a, an ongoing, daily, real relationship with Jesus Christ. Now we have two choices, even as believers. Certainly the lost have a choice. Are they going to listen to Satan follow the broad way, or are they going to listen to Jesus and go the narrow way? There's their choice. Heaven and hell is the destination there. But friends, for those that are on their way to heaven, we still have a choice. Will we allow Satan to corrupt our minds and to spoil us through vain philosophies and empty deceits? and go after his way and allow him to leak our lives, just uh, create a leak in our lives, robbing us of the potential and uh, bringing ruin into our lives and into our families? Or will we fully follow after Jesus and seek after his life and, yes, even that abundant life? Friends, tonight I think we ought to just, again, ask the Lord to help us to approach this week seeking him, that life, seeking to walk in newness of life, seeking to walk in the abundance of life. Do you want Jesus more than anything? Let's, let's put that into practice this week. Remember, his word will flow from us and his fruit will grow, uh, will grow out of us. What flows and grows from the abundant life is his word and his fruit. Let's seek that even now. Let's bow our heads and find a place to pray tonight all across the auditorium. Perhaps you'd find your knees and just ask the Lord, Lord, if you're physically able, Lord, tonight, I desperately want life. I want it to be real. I don't want to play games. I don't want to, I don't want to just go through the motions. I certainly, Lord, don't want to get to the end of my life and realize that Satan has slowly robbed me. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To learn more about Grace Baptist or how to have eternal life, visit gracekettering.org. And remember, you are always welcome at Grace Baptist Church.